Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Yes, good evening everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 14 Yards NFL podcast. I'm your host tonight, Josh Henwood. Uh, Sean is currently on holiday, so it is, it's just the two of us, Steve, tonight. A little romantic little loving on this first evening of September, just as the NFL season is upon us. How are you tonight, sir? It is. It's just the two of us. Little date night, I guess. We had to uh, we had to find some time to get some of these uh, divisional previews done, and we've reached the. I think we've reached the point in the uh, in the calendar where we get to some of the divisions that are not quite as exciting this time around, which is strange considering one of them is the NFC West, which last year was the uh, the hype division, shall we say? I think that's certainly been moved. Up. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Yes, it's great when we get towards the towards the end of these because you feel like football's really coming around the corner. We've only got two divisions to go in our breakdowns before the start of the NFL season. We are now six days away from the start of the NFL season. Thank God it has been far too long. That Bills-Rams game can't come soon enough. Steve, obviously, we, uh, we're continuing our romantic dinner date from yesterday. And uh, just just wondering how you're enjoying the experience so far. It's it's almost like it's almost like we didn't stop recording. We've just carried on. It's it's like a seamless transition. We're experienced <sighs> podcasters nowadays, Josh. No, going behind the curtain there, Steve. Going know, way behind the curtain. Some insight there. <laughs> well, it is deadline so I'm assuming day. You're, there we go. Yeah, it's it's deadline day, and we've just had a two minute conversation of which just was pure disappointment really more than anything else uh i think that i think that steve's excitement though as a newcastle fan is perennial and continuous considering the moves that they've made but we're not here to talk about european football i refuse to talk about european football currently just because my team's doing terribly but hey ho gerard out anyway um we're here gents to talk about the nfc west i'd like to introduce in the newest member of the full 10 yards network we talk seahawks podcast yes we haven't even announced them on twitter yet and yet we've brought them in on the podcast before we do anything else james james barker how are you today sir yeah i'm really good josh um nice to meet us both and uh, and yeah we can't wait to to get started with you and, and and we're really looking forward to being part of the network and 
just opened up our listenership and 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 and, and you know interacting with with other fan bases and and yeah it, it, it's just going to be a lot of fun so yeah we're, we're really grateful for, for for bringing us on board and um yeah i can't wait to get talking with you tonight as well no absolutely and vice versa mate we need somebody with some positivity to, to talk up the seahawks i think because uh, i don't think Ooh. that me and steve would have done it quite the bit of justice if you'd listened to us yesterday talk about uh, the chicago bears um you know I, I you would have probably have had that sort of treatment and i don't think that you uh, you're warranted of that especially considering the uh, the last several years of the seahawks so no very glad that you're on board and uh, very glad that you're here tonight to be able to give your uh, your seahawks fans some justice I'll try. It's it's going to be hard, but I will try. Oh, come on, you you do it week in week out, mate. It's 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 just positivity, just positive vibes. Take it from the Browns fan. You've just got to keep on trucking, mate. Oh well, in that case, I do apologise. I weren't aware you were a Browns fan, so I I will be positive for your sake. <laughs> it gets easier, it gets easier, and then it gets harder, <laughs> and then it gets easier again. <laughs> See, Steve doesn't quite get it because an Eagles bad patch lasts like two years and they treat it like the end of the world. And then all of a sudden they're winning the division again. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a reason for the laugh there. Anyway, NFC West, talking about winners and talking about Super Bowl winners. We start, first of all, as we do in any case with the top of the division, Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl winners saviors of me having to listen about the Cincinnati Bengals winning a Super Bowl, because I don't think I could deal with that personally. Steve, what have the Rams done this summer apart from party? <laughs> well, the Rams, uh, obviously victorious back in February, and I think we all thought that they would the, the Super Bowl victor would come out of that NFC West division. You know, think back to this time last year, we were we were hyping it up to be one of the best divisions in football history almost. You know, all four teams could have quite easily made a run at that number one spot in the division and 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 even two others going through to the playoffs. So the Rams were victorious in with that roster and, and you know they made some key additions along the way. You know, they picked up Von Miller uh, from from Denver along the way and which helped them to to that victory. But um Whilst um, whilst some things have, have have changed, some things have also stayed the same. Remember the rumours. I'm going to take you back now. Do you remember the rumours that Sean McVay was going to retire? Do you remember the rumours <laughs> where all of a sudden Sean McVay was going to call it a day, even though he's like 28 or something? Um, yeah, that well, that was obviously a non-starter. That didn't happen. Uh, not that anyone really ever thought it probably would. Um, but the Rams have got one of the most difficult challenges, and I think most people will tell you that the difficulty when you've won a championship is not winning it that first time, it's then repeating it again. Um, and the Rams have got that monumental task. Now, they've brought back a lot of the same players. A lot of the same guys are still there. You know, you've still got um, Matt Stafford. You've still got last year's um, offensive MVP in, in Cooper Cup. Um, you've still got some some really important pieces around the team. But they've also replaced some of the guys that have left. So, you know, um, we mentioned... Um, uh, we mentioned Von Miller. He's gone. He's in Buffalo now. They've picked up Bobby Wagner. Slightly different positions, but certainly a leader in that in that defense. I'm sure James won't be too pleased that he's no longer in Seattle. Um, oh, that name's giving me shivers, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but he will be lining up in LA this this season. Um, 
you know, they pick Odell Beckham is still not signed. Whether or not he does remains to be seen. But they've they've um, decided Steve, to give a contract decided, out to. Have you, have you decided to just go for PTSD with both me and James here because you decided <laughs> to go that way and then decided to go with OBJ with me? Like, is, well, he's is not there anymore, all right, mate. I think you need to get on the phone to um, um, to Les Snead because it's not my fault that he's not there anymore. So, um, but anyway, they picked up Alan Robinson, which I think is a really interesting sort of uh, deviate because they they traded away Robert Woods to Tennessee. Um, I think had Robert Woods not not have torn his ACL, I think he would probably would have been up there with Cooper Cup as one of the the key pieces of that offense last year. But they've got rid of him, and in comes Alan Robinson. So, a really interesting sort of receiving attack. For, for Sean McVeigh to play with. Um, and obviously, uh, Andrew Whitworth's gone as well. He's finally retired. Um, old LSU boy finally uh, finally got his trophy and he's and he's retired, so he's off into the sunset. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, repeat again with, with some key pieces shifting around. But largely, the depth chart remains the same. You know, they, th- things that never change in, in Los Angeles is um, Sean McVeigh going through some crazy offensive um, schemes and also the fact that LA never has any first round or second round picks because they trade them all away. I don't know if they've got a first round pick until about 2034 at the moment. That's how far in, in advance they've traded them all away. But it's worked. You know, why Why change a winning formula? And um, in Los Angeles this year, they, they obviously they traded them away previously for, for guys like Jalen Ramsey and for Matt Stafford. Um, and so they, the drafters, there's not really much to talk about in terms of LA's draft. You know, they didn't have a pick until the third round when they took a guard, um, which is a bit boring on paper, but that certainly uh, that certainly wets my whistle, shall we say, because we all know I like, I like teams that build from the trenches. And if they're going to do it, then, then at least, you know, get some reinforcements in those trenches because that's where you win and lose games. That's where you win and lose championships. Um so that everyone will be everyone will be going after the Rams, and you know they they have the benefit of coming from the NFC, which is less competitive, I think, than the in the AFC. But it's funny how we've over the last couple of years we've talked about how dominant the AFC is, and yet the Super Bowl winner came up the NFC last year and the year before. So it's uh, it's interesting that the AFC can't seem to get it done when it when it matters. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they can run it back. I don't think they will personally. I don't think the roster is quite as strong as it was last year. Um, and I think there are beginning to become questions with Stafford as well. There were some interesting sort of subplots in training camp about how they were restricting his throwing and about how he wasn't, you know, taking as many snaps in, in training camp, which is, I think, when you get a quarterback that's getting towards the other side of 30, 30 closer to 40, that starts to show that there maybe their arm is going. And we all saw what happened with Drew Brees towards the end of his career. He still had the, the game, he still had the vision, but his arm was just gone and it just, it just wasn't there anymore. So I'm not saying that Stafford's going to be dreadful all of a sudden, but I think that's just an interesting subplot to watch um, uh, in Los Angeles this summer. Yeah, you mentioned running it back. Here's a question for the pair of you. Who are the, when was the last time that the Super Bowl was run back? Well, it certainly wasn't us. Um... Uh, it was You're the correct. Patriots in or 3 or 4. Yes, good shout. I've got down here 0405, but that 0405, might be, yeah. that might, yeah, that might because... be Super Bowl years, not season. So I'll give you that one. Yes, it was indeed the Patriots all the way back then, of which when you think about teams which are dominant and at the top, it's a long time for it not to have a, not yeah. to have a back to back. Yeah, no, I, the Chiefs, I the Chiefs really almost did it, didn't they? But they, but they lost in the, in the Super Bowl. So um, yeah, it's really difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, just, 
just like it's supposed to be. It's a sign of a good sports yeah. league, really. Yeah. Uh, but no, I I think that yeah, spot on. Really, the the Rams. There's not there's not too much to pick at the Rams, really. And obviously, they're still incredibly strong in a division that remains relatively strong as well. Um, I think that you were you were spot on when you were speaking yesterday, Steve, about um, you know the the NFC West maybe not having the potency of which it does compared to the AFC West and how it would have done last season. But, you know, the Rams are still definitely in that upper echelon of NFC teams that can dominate the conference and go forward from there. I don't think that they've necessarily, I don't think they've necessarily taken a backward step. Um, Personally, I think Stafford thing is a bit of a, um, I, I think it's more of an off-season story uh, that's a little overhyped than anything else. Although I did find it funny that uh, he decided to poke a little bit of fun at it in the uh, latest Amazon Prime ads for the Thursday night football. With the have you guys seen the Thursday night football special Amazon ball of which they came out with as a joke? It's like half the half the width of a normal football and Stafford's like throwing it a hundred yards in this video. <laughs> I think it's I, I I think it's all CGI and all the rest of it, but it was just funny to see on Twitter. I think it was the day before yesterday that was out and everyone's like, Stafford's hands fine, etc. And yeah, it was all it's all funny games. I, I just think that they're enjoying themselves in LA at the moment. They're in a great situation. Um, they seem to be the sexy team that everyone seems to want to go to as well. And, you know, I think that if they needed reinforcements to go after the ring a little closer to the winter, they'll be able to nab that in season as well, just like they did the previous season before. Their their front office seems to be one of the, the better ones at taking the risks and doing it well. Um, so, yeah, realistically, it's one of those where... They'll be in and around. They'll be in and around. James, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're still the favourites to win the NFC West and then anything past that is, you know, the playoffs are the playoffs. And we all, as we said, we all know how hard it is to go back to back. Um, it is going to be interesting. You mentioned with Andrew Whitworth, the sort of, is there going to be a massive drop off at a, a position like left tackle? Um, I know they've got that Joe Nort boom who has sort of had his feet wet a little bit. But is he, you know, is he going to be as good as Whitworth? Is is the is the drop off going to be too noticeable for that to to have a big sort of impact on the Rams? Then you've got Cam Akers coming back. Is he going to be healthy? Is if this arm of Matthew Stafford is going to start to deteriorate? Can they can they lean on this running game that they could potentially have with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson? Um, I, I mean, it is it is going to be tough for them. Like I say, I think I don't think the Niners have improved enough. Obviously, we don't really know how good Trey Lance is yet with them, and then the Cardinals is is always a bit of a they always flatter to deceive a little bit, and 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 you think they're sort of better than they are, and and um, they always sort of come up short in recent years anyway. Um, so it doesn't feel like they're really pushing them for the Rams yet. So I expect them to to pretty comfortably win the NFC West, but then after that, I think there's there's plenty of of good teams in this NFC you now that are that are going to compete with them. And um, I, I, I'm not going to write it out. It, it feels like if there's any team at this point that could go back to back, it feels like as you say that the the sexy team that everyone wants to be there. This brand new stadium and. I don't know. There is a definite feel-good factor about the Rams, so you certainly wouldn't put it past them going back to back. Um, 
but it's it, it's I'll, I'll I'll please Steve here. I actually have the Eagles winning the NFC. I I, I really like what the Eagles have been doing. Um, so they're my little dark horse for for the NFC this year. So I'd, I'd be interested to see what that would be like in an, in an NFC Championship matchup between the Rams and the Eagles. Now, I, I think every, there's, there's everyone definitely... listening. Sorry, sorry, Steve. Just just I want to paint a word picture here because obviously no one can actually see what your face did when James said that the Eagles to uh, win the NFC. The look on your face was one of almost polite shock. It was it was one of like, oh God, we're being mentioned, but at the same time being like, that's right. That's right. Yes, the Eagles are mentioned in that conversation. It, it was very much that sort of face. I just felt like the listeners needed to know. Please well, continue. I think, I, I think um, without turning in this to, in, in the, into an NFC East podcast, I think the Eagles are now the favourites to win the NFC East after the, some of the moves they've made the last few days. But anyway, I think what I was just going to say is that the um, the NFC. I think there's there's like we've said, there's three or four teams there or thereabouts that are going to be up there. The Bucks, the Rams, the Packers are always going to be up there, and then potentially the Eagles from from the NFC East, but to be decided. Um, so the the Rams have got a good chance of almost by default getting to a divisional game, um, just because of how good they are. And I think if they can lock up a number one seed, that'll help them massively hosting a game. You know, like you mentioned, James, that stadium's a, a monster and. And that having that home atmosphere really helped them, I think. Um, um, but yeah, I think it, it, the their schedule is. It, I mean, obviously they've just won the Super Bowl, so their schedule is going to be difficult. Um, but they've definitely, you know, the, you look at you look down those um, down some of the games they've got to play, and it's it's a it's not easy. I mean, no no schedule in the NFL, in the NFL is easy, but um, I think there's definitely the, the the game I'm looking at is is the penultimate game in Week 17. Just after New Year's, when they go to the, uh, they go to well, they don't go to, they play at home or away <laughs> they, to they, the Chargers. They go to their away dressing yeah. room, yeah, yeah, exactly against the Chargers on on well prime time on Monday morning our time. That's a real that's a that's a corker that is, and that could be that could be a decider in in both divisions. You know that could be a a, a game that's going to be having repercussions across both divisions. So yeah, really interesting this one. Well, the Rams running is quite monstrous, actually. So mm. let's take it yeah. from, let's see, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Take it from week 12 onwards, yeah? So you've got yeah. away to Kansas, then you're home to Seattle, and then the next four games are all on prime time, right? So you've got the Raiders at Green Bay, Denver on Christmas Day, and then the Chargers at home away. And then you go to Seattle to end it all. That's that's quite the running. That's quite yeah. the running. If you if you were any team other than the Rams, you'd be terrified of that. But yeah. that's quite the run. That is right. With that in mind, chaps, as I'm keen to get through all four teams by the end of today. Uh, James, you won't have actually have done this one uh, just yet, but you may have uh, listened into yesterday's pod um, from the season guide of which we talk Seahawks very graciously took part in. Uh, the betting team put forward uh, their thoughts on win totals, best player prop to go for, and also the best bet. We're just going to go through that in terms of our predictions. A nice little quick fire to end the uh, team slot. So I'll ask this to the pair of you. Under or over ten and a half wins. Over. Over. 
Okay, I also say over as well. I reckon twelve and five. Um, winning the NFC West, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yeah. See, that's all way too easy. You can still get over evens on that. It's madness. Coop, and then the final one: Cooper Cup over one thousand three hundred and a half receiving yards. Yes, he had something like nineteen hundred last season. He did have nineteen hundred last year, yeah. but that is in what we call a breakout year. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I'll, I'll be different and say no. Now, are you doing that just to be different? Because you don't have to be different. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get those kind of numbers again from last season. It, it would be, I suppose, it would be a bit of a drop off to go from one thousand nine hundred odd to. To 1,300, uh, so I'll tentatively say yes. Yeah, I don't think I've actually picked him in any of my fantasy t- draft ship just because he gets drafted too high at the moment compared to the fact that he just did not get double teamed as mm. much as he should have last year. Uh, I think people started to get onto him towards the end of the year, but even so, it still, still got open way too quickly for what I feel like a man of his caliber should be able to. Um, but yeah. Absolutely barnstorming year last year. And that is the Rams. Oh, and then I guess one final one. Do they run it back? Yes or no? No. No. That's all right. We're all in agreement because it's the next team. I have this whole thing now where home field advantage in the Super Bowl means everything all of a sudden. It didn't happen forever and then Tampa broke the curse two years ago. The Rams did it last year. It's in Arizona next year, which brings me on to my next yeah, a little bit of uh, a little bit of podcast magic there, and that brings me oh, on to my next topic: a the Arizona transition. Cardinals. There, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these seamless transitions would be better if we didn't announce them, but then it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> it just would not be as fun. Um, so let's talk Arizona Cardinals, the darlings of the first half of the 2021 season, because I think that's pretty much all you can say about that season, where they seemed like they were going to absolutely take everything apart. Then a couple of people on defense, including I think JJ Watt got injured, and then it all fell apart. Once again, the Arizona Cardinals are very dependent on their one or two superstars. And as soon as the luck dries out, their win total falls falls apart. And that's, that, that's what happened. They ended up being handedly beaten by the Rams in the playoffs. Um, it didn't seem like too much of an issue for them whatsoever, of which then sort of begs the question, where does the problem lie? Now, Arizona don't think it's at their quarterback position because the main story of their summer was the fact that they put Kyler Murray on a $235 million contract for the next five years. Big contract, big, big contract, especially when they tried to put in a homework clause into that contract, of which just seemed to uh, just seemed to keep NFL Twitter humming for like two weeks where we started to see my favorite one, I think, was uh, the Call of Duty call out where someone had oh. actually like gone into where like the double experience points um weekends were around christmas and then see how kyla murray's performance dipped whenever there was a massive cod event of which you know i look at it with one eye and i think oh 
there's actually something to this. And then there's something else that goes, don't be stupid, Josh. He's literally earning millions of dollars playing flipping football. Why would that be a factor? But uh, in any case, I think that Murray's going to have to have a lot to prove here. Um, he's going to have to do it without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. He is banned for failing a drugs test. Um, that is pretty much the line under that one. Um, DeAndre has taken responsibility for it from what I can see with that. So there doesn't seem to be anything else of which will be coming from that. Um, they did bolster their wide receiver core, though. Marquise Brown, well, if you call it bolstering. Uh, Marquise Brown um, has come in. The trade from the Baltimore Ravens was that Arizona gives their 23rd overall pick and Brown and the 100th pick went to the Cardinals, of which at the time people were people were definitely thinking that seemed very one-sided on the half of the Cardinals. They seem to have won that trade quite handedly personally. I think it's about right. I don't think Marquise Brown is all that's cracked up to be, but I think that with that wide receiver set the way in which it was, especially without Hopkins, he will definitely do a job. Um, there's not too much to report in terms of their summer, really. Zaven Collins uh, will have a big season. Um, Rodney Hudson was touch and go, but he's back in the fold. He he reported for training camp after uh, potentially being a holding. Uh, apart from that, there's not too much else going on there, but it's um, there wasn't really too much to improve in any case. You know, the Cardinals did a lot of their job last season and, you know, bringing in the players of which they brought in last year. So, you know, from, from the back of that, you feel like they, they have the means to go again. It's just a case of how far do they go. Um, I'm I'm usually down on Kyler Murray. I'm down on... Uh, that Arizona offense, I personally, I don't think that it goes far enough. Um, I don't think Brown moves the needle. Hopkins is really going to hurt for those first six games. And I'm now glancing over the first six games for the Arizona Cardinals this season. Kansas at home, Raiders away, Rams at home, Panthers away, Philadelphia at home. Yikes. Not the mm. best start when you don't have your main wide receiver out there. So uh, all of a sudden, it creates a little bit of a question mark, Steve. I think um, in Arizona this year, there's one word I think that can summarize what's going to happen this season. That's pressure. Um, there's mm. a lot of pressure on the team, there's on a lot of different people. And someone that you've not mentioned as well is Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury yes, over the I last two I'd seasons. I'd let you do that one. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury over the last two seasons has seen two straight um, def um, slides of records towards the end of the season. They've closed out just with an absolute tailspin and ended the end of the year really disappointingly. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure under under his chair. And I think if they do that again, um, or they just have a disappointing year, I think Arizona could be wondering, well, what do we do with this? Because we've got a lot of the questions answered. We've got quarterback, we've got receivers, we've got good defence. Um, you know, there's a, Arizona's got a decent line as well. Like, what what have we got to do? And, and if the head coach isn't making it work, I think Kingsbury could be in line for a for a firing. We all know there's six or seven every season anyway, and I think you know he could be a casualty in Arizona. Um, 
Losing Hopkins is massive. That first six games, that's such a huge loss to them. And obviously, um, you look at some of the departures. Christian Kirk got that monster contract in Jacksonville. I think the Cardinals be glad they're not paying him that. <laughs> um, so he's gone. Um, and then you've got to, you've got to wonder. Well, you know, does is Marquise Brown better than Christian Kirk? Yeah. Probably, maybe. Do we did we ever really see the best of Marquise Brown in Baltimore? Probably we didn't. Um, so I think you know it's it's I think an interesting trade to get that. Did they give up a bit too much for him? Possibly. Um, but you look at their depth chart, you know, their wide receivers without Hopkins is Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and AJ Green. Now AJ Green is the wrong side of his career. I don't know if he's necessarily productive so much anymore. Rondell Moore showed flashes of being great last season, but I think he's still got a long way to go. So there's a lot of pressure on Marquise Brown and, and veteran Zach Ertz. Um, you know, they picked up Trey McBride in the draft, interesting tight end to sort of um, to to uh, contribute towards Zach Ertz. But yeah, I think this, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Kyler's shoulders and whether or not he can make it work or if he's going to spend his weekends playing Call of Duty, um, which I love that, by the way. I, I know that correlation doesn't always equal causation, but... Um, that I like to believe that when it's double XP weekends, he's playing Call of Duty instead of reading up on on draft and, and on play. Um, I mean, there's smoke, isn't there? Video. There's definitely yeah, exactly. smoke. Exactly, exactly. I love it. And uh, just for the amount of detail that went into the research to find out when these weekends were and then what his what his play was like during those weekends, it's phenomenal. Um, I really want someone to actually go into his Call of Duty stats as well and see as to how and, that stacks up you know as what? well. Do you know what these are young? These are young guys. Most of the guys in the NFL are in their you know young to mid twenties. If it's anything like football or soccer over here in the UK, most of them play COD and Fortnite and all that sort of stuff anyway. So it, w- it really wouldn't surprise me. It really would not surprise no. me if he was spending his weekends doing it. It just really wouldn't. Uh, but it's a hilarious storyline. So, um, but yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of pressure in Arizona this season, and I think there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong. Um, and I think you know that that you'd look at that opening slate of games is really tough, um, and I don't think it necessarily gets any easier either. Um, and I think Arizona could be a could be a casualty this year, and we could be looking at a, a very different looking uh, front office and, and such uh, coaching staff, perhaps uh, maybe this time next year. Yeah, sure. I'm just looking at the. Uh... At it now. There's there's a nice little middle section. They've, uh, I mean, no offense to you, James, but they've got Seattle twice, Minnesota's in there, uh, and then they go. Uh, they've also got the Saints in there as well in that nice little run of like four games in the middle. Um, but apart from that, it's quite stacked on both sides. Thereafter, what do you make of the Cardinals? Uh, Cardinals chances this year, James. Um. I think it'll pretty much go how it has been going. I think they'll they'll either start well, or I, I mean it could reverse it. They'll either start well off or, or and then go go bad and go wrong as they always seem to do at this point, or it'll be reversed and they'll and they'll start badly and then pick it up towards the end of the season and it probably won't be enough. Um, I, I, I just haven't been too impressed with their off season. Um, I think that like I say they've lost some key players. I think losing Chandler Jones and asking a, a MyJ Sanders to replace his kind of production is going to be really tough. Um, mm. I, 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 I don't like I say other than AJ Green, but what he's 33, 34 now. AJ Green, I, I, I don't really. Uh, there's no none of their free agents or, or, or trade guys that they picked up are, are jumping out at me to say, oh, he'll really improve them at that position. Um, I, I, th- I think their defensive line. Isn't 
isn't as good as some people might think it still is. Um, I, I mean, at JJ Watt, you see JJ Watt on the depth chart, and you think, but yeah, they've got JJ, you know, they've got JJ Watt. But I think we all know JJ Watt isn't the same kind of player that he was. He can't stay healthy as his his whole career granted, but certainly at this age now, he's struggling to stay on the pitch. Um, so I, I think their defensive line could really really have a rough season this year and and I think teams will have fun running the ball on them. Um I mean I think we all know that the the cornerbacks and and the safeties are pretty good. Um and 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 they do have some good offensive weapons and Kyler Murray is electric but Kyler Murray is electric when he's healthy and and again that's been a question can can Kyler Murray play a full season can he stay healthy enough to to go for a for a Super Bowl run for the Cardinals? I'm not sure. Can he do his homework if they get to the Super Bowl and, and, the, and the NFC Championship? Would he bother to prepare for them? Um, I mean, we'll see. I think he's had a, had a big enough telling off now to, to suggest that he will, but um, I, I don't know. The Cardinals just seem to be one of these teams that, like you said, we all know they've got talent. We all know that they could put it together, but they're just for whatever reason, whether it's Kings, whether it's Kingsbury, whether it's whether it's Kyler Murray, whether it's these sort of receiving options, whether it's the defensive line, something will be in Achilles' heel with the Cardinals and it will let them down. And um, don't get me wrong, I think they'll, they'll finish second in the NFC West, but I don't see them being contenders late into the playoffs for me. I think divisional to get to the divisional, good season, eleven and six kind of season. In, in that, I know it won't be eleven and six because we've got an extra game now, but. Um, that that no, kind of record again. At seventeen. Oh yeah, it's I, I didn't do very well in yep. math. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that would work. Whether that be enough to keep Kingsbury in a job, I don't know. But um, yeah, Ooh, I, I don't well, know. I'm not. I'm not confident. All right, I tell you what, chaps. Let's run through the uh, let's run through the quick fire prediction, shall we? The uh, the the week total line is nine and a half under or over. Under. I'll say it over. I'll say it over. I think that the line is tuck on. It's going to be nine or mm. ten. I will mm. lean ten, but at the line, like some of these lines are terrible. That I won't be touching that line with a with a barge pole. It's it's really well placed. I think um, Kyler Murray to go over five hundred rushing yards. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, and in similar vein, I think because they got lazy at this point, Kyler Murray to go over five and a half rushing TDs. I'll say no, no, no. Oh, I see. I'm saying yes. I think that we've, especially at the start of the year, um, you think about it, start of the year. No, no Hopkins. You're relying on, you're relying on Kirk and. Brown to be able to reel in those red zone TDs. I probably trust his legs more than anything else, even if he does mainly move laterally. <laughs> I'll finish up with one question on the Cardinals before we go on to San Francisco for the two of you. They've got quite a late bye week this week, week 13. Is is Cliff Kingsbury still the coach at the bye week? I knew you were going to ask this question, <laughs> yes. Unequivocally, yes. I will say yes, but I think there'll be a few questions asked by that point. Yeah. Let's see. I, I, I can see why you're asking it because even up to the bye, they've got difficult games. They've got Rams, uh, 49ers, Chargers right before the bye. 
And the, the NFC huge. West have got to play the AFC West this year. So that's what makes it difficult because they've got that that absolute juggernaut of the AFC West to play all of those teams. So, you know, yeah. if you're Arizona, that's a really, really difficult sort of place to have to go and, and, and games have to play. Yeah, it's definitely good for the uh, for the NFL. I think this is why the uh, the primetime games are really easy this year. I think um, because you've got NFC West versus AFC West. I mean, that's just that that's primetime every time. Brilliant. So we are halfway there. We are halfway there. Steve, coming back to you, buddy, for this one. The San Francisco 49ers, who will now be under uh, the Trey Lance as QB, now they have officially benched Jimmy G. Take yes. it away. Um, yes. Was um, that your entire looks... thing? Did I just take your entire segment? <laughs> I mean, it looks like the, the Trey Lance train is finally going to leave the station in, in, in San Francisco because it, they've been shopping Jimmy G all summer. And you know they even made it clear that he was he was free to seek a trade. They were happy with that. They wanted to get rid of him, and no one bit on it. No teams took him up on it. And I think there was a lot of teams through the through the um, summer that you probably could have seen him going to. You know there was there was names being thrown about. Some people said um, Indianapolis until they picked up Matt Ryan. Um, you know, with recent with recent happenings in Cleveland, some people were even saying potentially he could fill a gap in Cleveland for the season. Um, you know, his name's been touted in a lot of places, and, it, and it's just not happened. And so instead, what San Francisco do, which I think is actually low key, quite an interesting and 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 sort of adept move from San Francisco in their head in their front office, is to keep him around for one more year, make it very clear yeah. that he's the backup. This is Trey Lance's team; he's the backup, and keep him around. Don't upset the apple cart. Don't force him out the door and don't lose any money. And, and instead, just keep him in the building. Because I think Jimmy G, for them, it's, it's better to have him in the building and have him helping, knowing that he's a backup and he's happy to be that that player, than it is to have him kick him out the door and and uh, you know and have the dead cap here. So yeah. it's interesting. Tell you what, before you carry move. on there, mate. Yeah, before you carry on there, mate. What does Jimmy G have to gain from that? I found that just so team friendly. I, I don't not... unless he just enjoys being in San Francisco, maybe. I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad place to live and not play any no, football, is it? Like, yeah. Live in San Fran for the year and be a backup quarterback sounds like a dream job, to be honest. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, not gonna, he's, he's probably not going to play a huge amount of snaps. He's going to be the backup quarterback. He's going to dress most weeks, but he won't throw the ball. And he gets to live in San Francisco and get paid millions of dollars for the <laughs> for the um, the pleasure. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Where do I sign? It does, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't I mean, see as to why you negotiate the contract down. Just I seems... think for him, he, he didn't have a choice. I didn't, he didn't have a choice, I don't think. And I think um, it might well have been that this keeps him at least in the league for one more year. And had had they not done that, he might have been cut. And who knows if he gets picked up? You know, he's got a horrible injury record over the last few mm. seasons. And and um, who knows? I, I mean, obviously, there was no one willing to trade for him. He's going to be out the door next summer. And it'd be interesting to see if someone picks him up. I'm sure someone will. There's 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 always QB needy teams in this league. Someone will take a flyer on him for a season or two. You know, if um, if Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to play for whatever, 17 seasons or whatever he was, I'm sure Jimmy G's got another two or three seasons in him somewhere else. So, yeah, that um, that sort of answers that question and it will be Trey Lance's team moving forward. Um, it'd be really interesting to see how he operates under Shanahan. He's, he's almost 
redshirted for almost the entire year. I know he played some snaps last year, um, but he, he was almost redshirted for the entire year. And so that gives him gives him a chance to sort of bed in and learn this San Francisco offense, which is one of the most exciting in the NFL when it gets going. Um, you know, with Shanahan, you're always guaranteed to have an interesting game um, and an interesting um, sort of outlook on their offense. I think the, the biggest thing for the 49ers is to continue not getting any injuries. And I know that's really easy said than done. And I know we had this conversation last year, and I think um, after the Niners had lost like almost like a half of their roster to, to season-ending injuries, you said that you'd pick them to to sort of go and, and potentially even win the division. That didn't quite work out, but when this Niners roster is healthy, damn, it's a good roster. You know, mm-hmm. you look across that offense, offense, you know, Trey Lance, obviously there's big questions on him and whether or not he's going to succeed in the league. But outside of him, Elijah Mitchell has been a revelation, you know, picked up late in the draft. He's been really good. They've actually waived... Um, Trey Sermon, who's just now this evening being picked up by the Eagles. That's just happened, um, which oh. I'm pretty pleased about. But yeah, Trey Sermon, yeah, they, they, no they actually waved him. They actually waved him because Elijah Mitchell's been so good. And then wide receiver, obviously one of the big stories in San Francisco this offseason outside of the quarterback is a big old contract for Debo, which which was a big of a U-turn in San Francisco as well, because originally he said he wanted to be traded and, and, and put in a trade. Um, request and then they turned it around and now he's got a big old contract so he stays Brandon Ayuk and Juan Jennings Jennings sort of round out the offensive weapons and then obviously you've got George Kittle who's one of the, who's a monster tight end one of the best in the league and with that you know you can't really go too wrong um, they've got a really good offensive line as well you know Trent Williams Mike McGinchley on one side either side sorry um, Jay Brendella centre they've got a really good offence and I think this that's their strength Um and then they've got just some really interesting pieces on defense. You know, you look at Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, Nick Borsa, uh, uh, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Fred Warner's obviously a stud in the league. Um, Jimmy Ward, who I think he's going to start the season on IR, if I'm correct. Um, but, you know, he's a really, really good player when he's healthy. Um, so, again, this this um, San Francisco team is, is, is not hugely different. They've obviously had a few departures. Um, Alex Mack retired. Um, Mohamed Sanu's gone, but I can't really say that that would be too much of a loss for them, I don't think. Um, Raheem Mustard went to the Dolphins. Um, you know, uh, DJ Jones' defensive tackle went over to uh, the Broncos. Um, Jakiski Tart was picked up by the Eagles, but has been waived, so I don't think he's going to be a huge loss. Um, Lakin Tomlinson, the guard, went to the Jets. So, there's, you know, there's, there have been some departures, but they've had, you know, they've, they've filled them in with some... Some interesting pickups. Uh, Tavares Ward was a cornerback they picked up. Hassan Ridgeway, uh, Maurice Hurst. The, you know they've they've sort of um, churned the roster a little bit, but largely I think this is going to be a very similar offense, and it's just going to be how Trey Lance plugs in. I think what Trey Lance does offer you that Jimmy doesn't is a bit more mobility in a division where I think that you know you look at Arizona um, and you know maybe not so much anymore, but when Russ was there, certainly Seattle as well, they have mobility in the quarterbacks and they certainly use that to their advantage. And I think if if um, Trey Lance can do that, you know, they gave up they gave up the future to get him. They gave up an, an enormous amount of draft capital to go up and get Trey Lance. So they obviously like the guy. This must have been, um, Kyle, um, sorry, Carl Shanahan's pick. This must have been his request to go up and get that, get that guy. So, um, to give up the farm to go and get him signals a lot of things. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays out and, and how they hit the ground running. And they've got a, a, a relatively easy start. And, you know, they start at Chicago and then they come again 
Sorry, James, but they come to, to horse Seattle in week two. So they've got a relatively easy, he can sort of dip his toe in the water and get, get himself um, sort of settled before they have a, a difficult trip to mile high in Denver. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on San Francisco, but I think, again, it's like a lot of teams, it just depends on how, how Lance works out. And if he's good, I think this team has got the potential to be very good. Yeah, what do you make of it, James? Yeah, I, I echo a lot of what Steve's just said there. I think the the big question mark here is going to be the play of Trey Lance. And then if Trey Lance is as good as what the, the 49ers fans will be hoping he, he will be, I mean, this team really could be anything this year. Um, I mean, that defensive line is, is, is scary, really. Um, and, and the offensive line, I think, was top three, according to uh, pro football folks as well last year when you when you got Mike McGlinchey on there and, uh, at right tackle and Trent Williams and stuff like that. It, it's... They are a really good team and people do sleep on them. It's just been these injuries. Um, and like I say, but you, you've got Debo Samuel locked in long term now. I mean, like you said, George Kittle, it, I absolutely hate that man. He's an absolute <laughs> bane of my life. Um, and, and I wish we would have drafted him. But as, as the Seahawks always do, we, uh, we don't always nail the draft. But um, yeah, it, it, they're, they're a really good team. And and. I could equally see them finishing third in the NFC West if, again, if they do sort of, if they revert to type and do get unfortunate injuries. But then I'll tell you what, if these, this team stays healthy and Trey Lance is above average in it, in his, it's not his rookie year, but it kind of feels like it's his rookie year. Mm. If he, if he's above average, then uh, I don't know. They are. Sky's a limit. The sky is the limit. They're an 11 12 win team easily for me. And, and it's just, are they, are they going to be, is Trey Lance going to be good enough to, to take them to that? And it, it, they're really, if I wasn't a Seahawks fan, I'd be really excited to watch the 49s this year. Um, but yeah, it's, um, they could be one of the dark horses if they stay healthy. Yeah, I think that this is one of the teams where everything is riding on the quarterback. And mm. it's one of these weird situations where we really don't know if if they're right to do that or not. You know, I think it says a lot to the team that, you know, Jimmy G was very much, you know, just a steady influence, you know, was able to, you know, he wouldn't lose your games, but he wouldn't necessarily win your games either. So you rely on the strength of your roster to be able to pull you through. And obviously they've been, they were able to do that all the way through to, um, all the way through the playoffs pretty much until the Rams eventually got hold of them. But um, you know, it's sorry. Was it the Ram- was it the Rams? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I was yeah. You, on that on that point. I was just going to say, let's not forget the Niners went to the NFC Championship game. Exactly. Like, you, yeah. You they, they, forget, they were. You forget about it, don't you? They they held Dallas to zero points. Um. Um. Yeah. And you know they were they were they were sorry not zero points. They were <laughs> they were they held the Packers sorry to ten points and they held. Dallas to only 17, sorry, not zero. Um, and, and they came real close to getting to the Super Bowl, like real close. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to bring it up now. I think I recall that in the, oh, it was the interception that never was. Yes, yeah. yes. It was the interception that never was. And if they just made that, it was the mm. easiest interception I yep. think I've seen all season, really. It was one of those where... Yep it would have been easier to snag it than not. And he ended up not doing so. And that meant that the Rams went through. But that that's them that close with Jimmy G. You know, I've argued on on my Believe and Brits podcast that the Browns should have gone after Jimmy G just because of, 
the fact that even if he isn't even if he isn't the guy you know you can depend on your roster to get through now if Trey Lance really is the guy who they should have given the farm up for and therefore he will play like that you know like you say James the sky is really the limit you know 12 games is kind of a flaw at that point because their roster is that good they haven't they haven't really lost anyone. They've they've more plugged in gaps than they have got rid. They're one of these teams that are actually on the up. I just don't think they get the they don't get the recognition that they probably deserve because you know Lance is such a question mark. You know from what we saw of him last year, he was uh, questionable. You know for lack of a better word, um, but the rest of the roster's really on point. So you know it's a case of. You know they they could win the division, they, they they really could. And on that point, seamless transition. Before uh, Steve gets another word in, I'm anxious of the uh, time here, Steve. I'm going to try and keep us to the hour here. I'm it's impossible at this point, but uh, I'm going to do my best. Um, take you through uh, the quick fire predictions, and the first one is ten and a half is the line on the wins. This is Wonder really for me. tough. Yeah, I think yeah, I think ten and seven is probably where I'd have them. I think yeah, I think just exactly under. where I have them. I have them at ten and seven. Yeah. Yeah, I do apologise there, chaps. My uh, my Wi-Fi keeps on uh, plugging you out. It's the first time it's rained in Birmingham in what seems like forever. <laughs> so they're uh, so so I seem to be. Uh, going out every now and then but yeah 10 and 7 is exactly where i'd have them as, as well steve um i think the line is very well poised at 10 and a half because yeah, you I do agree. have that lance factor in there as well speaking of the lance factor 500 and a half rushing yards is the main player prop there it's pretty much a carbon copy of the Kyler Murray props, by the looks of it, for Lance. So it's a case of whether or not that sticks or not. I think it might be too early to really give a proper note on that one. Yeah, I think with him being a rookie, I don't know if he'll get they'll unleash him that much. I think they might try and rein him out a bit. So I'd say under on that. I'll I'll go over. I think he's mobile enough to to run around a bit. So I'll I'll say over. Ah, just a waste of weapons. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, <laughs> Now, division winner is at seven to four currently. That's quite a nice prize for that. Personally, I think that if there is a team that could go out and actually do it, I I back the 49ers over the Cardinals to win the division if the Rams aren't going to hold it. I don't know what you yeah, guys think. Same. Same. Yeah, yeah. I, I would back them over the Cardinals. Yeah. No, I like it when a plan comes together and consensus is made. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we come to the coup de grace, as it is, considering that we do indeed have our full 10 yards network guest with us today. Um, he's been taking part in it all day long, but now he gets to boast about his team, the Seattle Seahawks. James, take it away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I tried I tried to make that sound sincere, and it just came out looking, sounding terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's, it's all right. I, I, we we know we know we're not going to be very good this year. Um, so we're here for the banter. We're here for the memes this year. Um, good. It, That's it, how you should take it. That is yeah, exactly how you should it, take it. We've got Geno Smith as as the starting quarterback. I can't be anything <laughs> other than uh, if if I don't laugh, I will cry. Um, <laughs> it just a, just a casual quiet off season over here in Seattle. 
Um, yeah. You know, I just tore my heart apart within the space of 24 hours with Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Um, and then, you know, KJ Wright retires, another legend. And it, it was a really rough couple of weeks in, in, the, in that in that off season. I'm only just now recovering because it's football season and I'm hyped and I'm ready to go again. Um, but it has been quite a long, dark, rainy off season. Um, mm. But the draft, the draft was really positive. I think we've had a really good draft. I think the consensus, the consensus feeling um, in in the Seahawks Twitterverse and universe is that this is probably Pete and 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 John Schneider's best draft since that legendary kind of 2012 draft. Um, there's a lot of players in there that have made instant impacts in preseason. Um, Charles Cross and, and and Abraham Lucas, the two rookie offensive tackles, have been two of the not just the best offensive tackles through preseason, but two of the best rookies in preseason. Um, I don't think either of them have allowed a sack through preseason. Um, so so that's really promising going forward because I think we're we're expecting to lean on this running game this year. Um, you know, it, it, it is all dependent on Rashad Penny's health. When, when Rashad Penny's healthy, he, he's looked every bit of a top 10 running back in the NFL. It, it's just a case of can we keep him healthy enough for the, the entire season? Then you've got the exciting rookie in, in, in Kenneth Walker, who could be anything. And, and we've had DJ Dallas in preseason, who's been lighting it up as well. Um, third year guy out of, out of Miami. Um, he he's looks like he's he's really taking the initiative of his career this year to to really lock down a roster spot. So he's exciting. Um, I, I, we've got a one-two punch at receiver that I think practically any NFL fan base and team would be would be happy with in in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, you, you've got a tight end with upside in in North Fant who. Granted, we might have to pay big money for if he does have a good season, which scares me a little bit because. Um, but it could be anything. Um, the, the, the question marks are really. It seems funny to say the question marks over the season of the defense when we have got Geno Smith at, at quarterback, but that's just because we expect Geno Smith to be Geno Smith. There's no real mm. question marks there. Everyone's just expecting him to. You know, it's not like we're, he's going to be good and and we're expecting him to be bad or anything like that. It, it, it's like we know what we're going to get with Geno Smith. So we're not really. There's nothing to really question on the offense. It's it's how good is this this defense going to be? A lot of young guys. Um, that's kind of been the 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 mo for this for this year. The reason why we haven't re-signed Bobby Wagner, um, you know, Pete Carroll saying that we we want to go with youth. We want to sort of put more investment into these young guys that we've drafted, and 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 we've seen that with the offseason moves and 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 the draft and stuff like that. They they really are putting their faith in youth this year. Um, so I'm expecting this defense under under new defensive coordinator Clint Hurt in his in his first defensive coordinator role, um, getting the promotion from defensive line coach. He's a player. He's a coach that, that the players seem to really respect and seem to really buy in for. Um, and then you've got exciting coaches coming in like Carl Scott, um, Sean Desai from the Bears, who, who, who a lot of people have been raving about. Um, so it feels like they've really they, they've really done a good job in starting this rebuild it's just how long is it going to take to find this 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 answer at quarterback could it be the draft next year i mean some teams never find the answer at quarterback um it, but it, it it's a season that that i think at best we could be better than some people might have us down for if we do lean on this running game because i think the offensive line is going to be the best offensive line we've had since since the super bowl days so if we can get our running game going behind that i think we could potentially be be more competitive game to game than, than people might think, um, but I, I, if Rashad Penny goes down injured again, then we'll probably go zero and seventeen. Um, 
But uh, to be honest, if we beat Denver week one, I- I'm happy. Uh, any- anything anything yes. could happen in the rest of the season. As long as we beat Denver week one, I- I'll-, I'll-, I'll take one and 16 for the year. That- that- that's fine with me. Now, so I've got a couple of questions um, just off the back of that because, I'll, you know, this is the time where we actually get to speak to the fans of these teams. You know, we'd like to make our own, you know, obviously we, we do a hell of a lot of judgment here um, as per any NFL podcast, really. You know, as as someone who has gone through, you know, one of the biggest rebuilding projects that the NFL's seen in, in the Browns, on seeing you obviously now really embark on it, it was a slow descent down to where to where you are, and now Wilson having now moved on after a couple of you know negligible years, really, you could probably say just you know for mm-hmm. for rhyme or reason, you know, at at times, especially during like the Owen the Owen sixteen and the one and fifteen. I started to just look for look for little wins more mm. than anything else, and just be happy with the little wins. What to you is success this season? That's a good question. What is success this season? Um, I, I certainly. And I don't I'm even mean like wins. Yes, I don't yeah, even mean like wins. It could be anything. No, I, like you said, I, I'm not going to define it by the the, the record because I don't think that is going to be a, a little win this year. Um, for me, it's it's this defense. If this defense can show the strides that that we hope that it can take, because that's that's kind of been our other than the offensive line play that the, the defense over the past few years has been awful, um, and and just signing really really poor guys and 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 sort of covering axe wounds with 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 plasters and and having Trey Flowers at cornerback was just enough to send any man over the top. Um, I, I, honestly, it, it's so, so if, if the youth do come through and shine this year and, 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 and sort of, cause it's a bit Pete, Pete Carroll's put a lot of chips on the table this year. He's put, you know, to, to trade away a guy like Russell Wilson, who, you know, practically was the Seahawks franchise for, for quite a few years um, to, to trade him away, that's a, it's a big call to release. You know, to, to release Bobby Wagner. You know, it's it, he's made some big calls this year, made some big calls in the draft. It, it, it's all about you. So these youth players need to that, that that they've drafted and that they've signed. They need to show that they they are going to be good enough long term because this is a a rebuild. We're not just looking for guys that you sign for a one year contract will help you win win a Super Bowl or a championship. We're looking at investing in guys who are going to be here for the next four, five, six, seven, eight years. Um and, and so for me it, it's it's the youth. If if this youth can can play well this year, like I said, I'm not expecting anything on the record. So if the youth can play well, that, that that's that's the focus point of the season. So that's what I want to see. I want to see these young guys stepping up and 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 showing us that we've got some some positivity to to think that this rebuild isn't perhaps going to take as long as it needs to. So that's 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 the win that I'm looking for this year. I, I think with with Seattle, what happened last year was it was almost like the the end of an era, end of a dynasty mm. sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. that snapped, I didn't realize that snapped a nine season winning record streak. Mm-hmm. Seattle have been so dominant for for so long, and and you know obviously that legion of boom is now long gone. Um, yeah. You know, but you look at the, you think back to those days and how dominant Seattle was, and Russell Wilson was sort of the last. I think sort of, Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner were the sort of the last like remaining pieces of that, and the fact that they're now both gone, I think, signifies a massive, massive change in Seattle. And I think there was a few people, I think perhaps harshly, suggesting that Seattle might be a contender for the number one overall pick, and I think. 
you look at some of their play in preseason, and I think definitely there's there's I think there's a chance. I don't think necessarily they will, but there's a chance. And I think what you mentioned about the defense is going to be a lot around that because hmm. it surprises me that Seattle kept hold of Lockett and Metcalf. I thought they might have traded one away. You know, if if they haven't got the quarterback there, then you know, get an army of picks for DK Metcalf and you know, mm. send him off to somewhere else and and you know, just completely rebuild. But they've kept them around with an interesting move, and they even, um, you know, they, they they're still there on the roster with with uh, with um, moving forward. And I think it just it it shows that perhaps this Seattle team is not as depleted as most would think. They're certainly not like Atlanta or Chicago levels, mm. but I think the defense could potentially be the downfall, like you say. And, you know, yes, they might be able to put some points on offense, but if they cannot stop other teams scoring, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many times you can, you know, score the odd touchdown here and there with some of the weapons. If you can, if if your defense is like a damn that's broken, it's just letting everything through, then, yeah, I think it's in, in for a long season. Um, but I said last year that I think that something had to change in Seattle. Something had to. Mm-hmm. It was either Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson, and I thought it would be Pete Carroll. But here we are. Russell Wilson's out the door, onto onto the next. And look, Seattle have got winnable games this year. You know, Atlanta. They they play Detroit. They play uh, the Giants. They play Carolina. They play the Jets. They've got winnable games. There's, I think, mm-hmm. I, as I always say, it's very difficult to go zero and seventeen in the NFL. So they definitely won't be finishing zero and seventeen. I think there are worse teams than them. Um, mm. But I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think you're in for a long year. Yeah, we're we're in for a long year, like you say. It's um... It's. It did make me laugh that Russell Wilson said that he, he wanted to go to a city that that wins. That that I thought that was quite ironic. That that, that made me laugh. Um, and I, you know when you know when that that's saying you only realise what you've got when he's gone. Well, mm-hmm. it's a good job I don't have like an allergy to corn or cheesiness because I tell you what, now that he's in Denver, I realise how corny that man is. Um, so so good luck with him, Denver fans. I wish him all the best. Yes, good luck with Mr. Unlimited. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that I think that the Broncos have uh, I, I think have enjoyed a little bit of a boost in uh, just like social hits and that off the back of it because mm. he is such a you know, someone that just drives that kind of needle. Um he's someone of which the product of the NFL enjoys um mm-hmm. you know you know just because he is that sort of personality but going back to uh, to your point steve there are definitely a number of winnable games here uh the line surprisingly i thought was 6.5 that's the line currently now personally i'm looking at well even with drew luck and you know i'm, I'm just not a drew luck fan so i saw 6.5 with drew luck and thought nah not happening. I see it with Geno Smith, and then I sort of chortle, and then go, I can't, I, I can't. I see it as more like a four and a half would have probably been better, mm. personally. Um, yeah, I, I look at six and a half, and I, and I hit the. This is probably one of the ones that will feature in my in my acca. To be fair, I don't know about you two. Yeah, I'd have them under on that. Yeah. Um... Like you say, I think four or five wins is about where I'd put us at the minute, so I'd, I'd go under. Yeah, the uh, the only other one here, because again, this one was uh, I swear they got lazy by the time they hit the NFC West because the NFC West is just see above the best bet. Um, I've got here um, Penny un well under over seven hundred and seventy five and a half rushing yards. James, I'll come to you first as Oof. the uh, man in the know. Seven seventy five. 
775. Um, if he stays healthy, absolutely yes. If he stays unhealthy, then no. But do you know what? I'll be positive because you told me to be positive at the start of this. So I'm going to say Top yes. man. Top man. steve Yeah, I think they might re- rely on the run game quite heavily. I think that's mm-hmm. quite often that's what, what I'm do thinking. when you when you've got a quarterback that you're not too sold on. So, yeah, I think they, they, they'll they rely on him uh, quite heavily. So I think, yeah, you probably go above that. Again, depending on yeah. his health. Depending on his health, of course. So I'm just seeing that one of the uh, player props was for Drew Luck to start as week one starter. And that was at two <laughs> to one at the time of print. I think you'd get a hell of a lot more than two to one now, put yes. it that way. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So that was uh, that was the NFC West in just over an hour. Um, thank you both to uh, to Stephen, to James. James, going to give you an opportunity like we do with all the uh, the network channels that have come on board, just to give a little bit of a plug to uh, We Talk Seahawks. Tell us a bit about it, what you guys do, where we can find you, because to all the Seahawks fans that are, that are here that aren't currently listening to you, they definitely should. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, it, it's a little kind of small run little podcast that we started um, back in, in the in the first lockdown of March 2020. I, I, I hate to cast your minds back, but that is when we started it. Um, just in, in my bedroom, bored, and I thought, you know what, I, I fancy talking a bit of Seahawks to keep me entertained. I did, and we've taken it from there, really. Um, I, I, I'm the host of it. We've got uh, Josh and Pez, who are my co-hosts. Um, both truck drivers from Preston, so as you can imagine, they're fairly oh, wow. opinionated, fairly fairly outspoken. Um, so it, it's a bit of uh, it, it, it's it's a massive load of fun, and and we've had the pleasure of, of of talking to some some really good special guests, like former All Pro linebacker Lofford Tupu for the Seahawks. We've had Robert Turbin on recently as well, and and we're just loving it at the minute. And now obviously we've 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 paired with you guys, which is going to open up a load of doors for us, and 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 hopefully open up a load of new listeners to, to the podcast as well, which is really exciting. Um, so you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. At we talk Seahawks. Um, we, we do have a website, which is we talk Seahawks at webador.com, um, which I do need to update. Thanks for reminding myself there. Um, and and yeah, it, it's if, if you if you fancy listening to three working class British lads talk about the Seahawks, it, it should be a lot of fun this year. Should be a lot of outspoken outspoken topics and, and opinions flying around this year. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, so so please please do drop us a follow, drop us a listen, and uh, and yeah, just get involved with us. Um, but no, thanks thanks very much again for for bringing us on board and, and for talking with us tonight. And uh, yeah, we can't wait for this season to get going now. No worries. I'm just, I'm I'm just glad to hear you say that line. Despite everything that's gone on with the off season that you've had, I'd have probably have written off the NFL for a season, and my team's decided to get Deshaun Watson through the door. But that mm. is, and yes, this is another seamless transition. That is for our next podcast, where we discuss the AFC North. That'll be our last Division Two preview. You can imagine the reason as to why we wanted to wait until the very end for that one to be previewed. That's because we had no idea what was going to be going on with that ban. We now know that that's at 11 games. Fun and games for me, no matter which way that you slice that. But we will discuss it at length next week. And not only will we discuss that, but also we'll then have another podcast to go over week one. Because it's finally here, gents. The NFL season's finally here. That Rams-Bills game is just around the corner. You know, it's now less than seven days. Oh, God, it's less than seven days away. The NFL season is truly upon us. 
Um, remember, you can still buy your season guides. I still have five of the printed versions under my bed. I'd very much like to get rid of them. Trust me. I don't want them to go into the recycling plant. I'd much rather them be in your homes. Uh, if you go on to 14yards.co.uk slash guides, you will see... Uh, both the print and digital copies available for order. If you use the code 410, you'll get 10% off. Um, if you get them sooner rather than later, the printed copy should be able to get to your door for kickoff. If not, that's not on me. It's on the Royal Mail. But apart from that, thank you very much for listening. James, Steve, thank you very much for discussing the NFC West with me today. Sean, we hope that you come back to us next week, buddy. Get back off your holiday. I've had enough of this hosting malarkey. I do enough of that on the Cleveland Brits podcast. That is it for us. Until next week, take care. 